is up, everybody? How you doing? How you doing? It is Justin Pierce. It is Dan. And it is Austin Cunningham. Austin not running the show today because his internet has had a little bit of trouble tonight. A little weather over in Missouri. So we decided, hey, I'll run the show for here on this side. So, boys, we are finally to a real, like, full weekend slate. We got college. We got NFL. We got them both. It's going to be fantastic. We have got Thursday night games. We got some Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday, Monday. Like, it's it's back. I love it. It's fantastic. Last weekend was a thriller, man. A lot of really, really fun games to watch. Obviously, a lot of fun games to go to, which I'm going to dive into mine here in a second. Um, Austin, like he mentioned, was leading the way after going 3-0 and in week zero, just kicking the shit out of us. Struggled a little bit last week. Went one and four. Dan, what'd you end up going last week? Six and four? Ended up six and four on the back of being the only person in America to have betting on Colorado and Texas State. Yes, yes. And Which then was I, fucking electric. Yeah. I end up going <laughs> seven and three. Uh, two of those three losses just brutal, right? I had the over 13 and a half Colorado TCU. That game had like 90 points total, and it didn't hit the 13 and a half in the first quarter. It hit it the second play of the second quarter. Um, so that was brutal. Uh, Texas Tech was up 17 nothing at the end of the first quarter and didn't cover the minus seven and a half in the first half. That was brutal. Um, if you guys didn't see that, they kicked a field goal with one second left, and it went in. And then they said that they – they had not officially blown the whistle to start the play. And so he had to kick it again and missed it. <laughs> Just a brutal mm. two losses. Mm. Hey, that's that's brutal. Speaking of losses, can we talk about how two of us had ACC schools going to the playoff? And one of them feels pretty good right now. Because yes. my Florida State Seminoles came out and whooped some LSU Tiger ass. They look I'm good. telling you, boys, we are we are riding high right now. Yeah. We are riding high. They look really, really good the, right now, for sure. Florida State to the playoff, the Jordan Travis Heisman bet. We are, yeah, we're riding right now. Yep. Totally. I guess Austin's with me because Austin yes. had Jordan Travis in for yes. the Heisman. So yep. welcome, welcome both. to the mm-hmm. ship. Here we go. I we also had LSU kind of sneaking into the playoff. That seems we're dead not talking right about now. that. Yep. So yep. you Don't know, we'll, we'll, just, we'll ignore that one. Moving forward, looking to the I feel like the positives. LSU is one of those teams though that routinely has like struggled out of the gate, and then like week four, week five, they really start to hit their stride. Yeah. They also could run the table and then still make the playoffs. So yeah, I think we mentioned that last week that you know, like this game. A lot of hope there. This uh, this game doesn't truly matter for either school in terms of the playoff. Like if you win it, great. But if you lose it, your season's not dead. I, I mean, say, how many times have we seen a school lose week one and then you like you said run the table and get to where they got to be? Yeah, I will say we were not thinking they would get their ass kicked like the way they did. But no. again, they're SEC. Just, like if just they, demolished. If they, yeah, kick. Yeah, it just it just means more. It just means more. Speaking <laughs> of SEC teams that got their ass kicked, um, something went down um, in Salt Lake City on Thursday night. Ho-ho! And, um, yes, sir. So never a doubt. Never a doubt. So all yeah, these, all let, these look Florida at fans. Yeah, let me rub my hands together real quick. Yeah. Let, me, let me let me let me let me tell you something. Exactly. <laughs> I'm the dude hiding behind the tree, that meme. Um listen, Florida <laughs> yep. fans that were in my mentions that were or just on Twitter as well, just talking all that shit that you were going to curb stomp us, that we had no shot. We're just little Utah. There's no way. Eight start some names. Eight starters out, and we still kick the shit out of you. Our fourth string quarterback dominated your defense. Like, it was not close ever. Like, not ever. It took you guys into less than 10 minutes in the game for your offense to score as many points as our offense scored in one play, the very first play of offense. It felt good, it was great. I will say we met a lot of Florida fans. Our our tailgate's like in the perfect spot where I, it's like the last tailgate you passed um, before you start heading into the stadium. So we invite a lot of Florida fans in for some drinks. I will say there was a few that we loved. They were awesome to hang out with. A couple of them hung out with us for a couple hours. It was great. Um, and then there was a few that just 
they're just fucking idiots. That's all I can say. Like they're <laughs> they're reasoning for before we took shots with them. I always asked them why why do you think you guys can win? And some of their reasonings were because we've had Tim Tebow on our team. That was their reasoning. Yes, a real answer multiple times actually. So did they realize was, that the number fifteen on their team now is Graham Mertz and not Tim Tebow? Yeah. Apparently. It's also not Anthony. It's also not Anthony Richardson. It's also not yeah, Anthony like it, uh, the, the no. Yeah. Like wearing fifteen does not make you a superhero. It does not. It does not. So it it was great. I that was one of the funnest. Just walking out of that stadium with a win is like a top five one for me. Like it was great. Um, absolutely loved it. Um, in the end, Florida is going to be a middle tier SEC team. So, you know, we expect this. That's what I'm going to say. We're top, we're a top 12 team in the nation. Um, and we're coming, um, speaking of another top 12 team, Austin, your team is also top 12, who has a huge game against an SEC team this weekend. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, uh, you know, they'll be joining the, the SEC themselves next year in the Texas Longhorns. Uh, here's the thing though, you know, you played against Rice. It didn't look like that great of a win before you head into Alabama. There is the hope of like, hey, maybe we just were kind of overlooking Rice and, you know, all eyes on Alabama here. Rice shouldn't be a school that we have much concern with. It's going to take us a little bit to kind of get the offense rolling. Now that we do, you know, they look much better in the second half. So there's at least that to kind of go off of. But heading into this week, you know, Alabama, they played really good last year. Texas was so, so, so close to coming away with the win last year. Just a missed sack. And Bryce Young making plays is pretty much what cost them. I was in Texas for a bachelor party that that weekend and actually got to go to the game. So it was to just sit in there and absolutely sweat my dick off uh, watching that loss from Alabama. This year, of course, you know, it's a night game in Alabama because Alabama just gets all the perks and whatnot. Middle finger to them because that would have been electric to have a night game in Austin for that matchup. But it is what it is. The main point, though, here is Texas plays up or down to the level of competition. So this could either be a really close game and an enjoyable one, or we're looking at Texas in that first half against Rice being like, all right, that's just who these guys are. There's just there's nobody ready to step up and make plays and and be the guy for this team. And so they're just going to absolutely curb stomp. I think a word you used for your last matchup there between Florida and Utah. There's a possibility that's it. I have hope in Texas keeping this game close and winning it, but there's no, no – no surefire, no doubt type of feeling in my mind right now. It's like Texas comes out with a victory. I think it's going to be a fun game. I think it's going to be an exciting one, but I truly do not know who's coming out with a win. Yeah, I'm super excited about that game. All right, let's dive into – oh, actually, I wanted to say one last thing. Um, Hard Knocks. So Hard Knocks ended. Uh, I don't know if you guys mm. are finishing it or not. Um, I'm sticking to sure that was one of my favorite Hard Knocks uh, series that they've ever had. But I will also say I was so disappointed in Tuesday, the last episode's episode. Uh, like it bothered me that they didn't do like clips of them actually cutting guys. They did the two receivers that they ended up keeping. But like I love those conversations of I mean, obviously, it's sad for those players to get cut. But like those conversations of like, hey, you did X, Y, Z very well. We hope to have you on our practice squad or, hey, I'll reach out to some other teams and let them know about you. Like those conversations, I think, is what another like behind the scene thing that we don't get to see that I think makes Hard Knocks really special. And I was actually very sad that we didn't get that last episode. Yep. And I'm right there with you. But here, uh, the more I think about it, you know, I also think that everyone complained to Hard Knocks about like, we don't want to see we're here about these players get cut and focused on because we already know they're cut. And I think Hard Knocks took that as uh, okay, well, then they also don't want to see the conversation. If they've already know they've been cut, there's no need for them to see it. So I think Hard Knocks just kind of needs to find that, you know, that happy medium right there and just kind of float for it because I did miss that as well. And I didn't even realize it during the show. But I do agree that this was probably one of the best hard knocks as of late. And I think looking at hard knocks when we started the show, Trees, we we both hated it. Like, we just couldn't stand it. It was just the same thing, you know, rinse and repeat every year. It didn't matter the team. And then, you know, you get the Raiders. Like, man, they didn't get the stars. Like, they didn't get their star rookies there. Jacob Josh Jacobs wasn't anything. We're talking about, you know, Jonathan Abrams not being able to pronounce Salmon correctly. He wants to say Salmon just to be, you know, an idiot. But then it's like you watch last year with the Lions and you watch this year with the Jets and you're like, man, I'm rooting for both these teams now. Like I am all aboard 
the Lions having a successful season and the Jets. And I think a lot of people heel turned on Aaron Rodgers because I mean, pretty much viewed as he's a you know diva, super emotional, selfish, only cares about himself, not a family person. And you get in the it's like, wow, this is actually just a cool dude. So I loved it. I'm right there with you. Sad to see that it's over with already. Like today for me, it was like, man, this is already the last episode of Hard Knocks. Like August just flew by. And now football season's here, and this is going to fly by. And you mentioned Utah, Florida. Like, man, I felt like that was two weeks ago. No, I wasn't even a week yet. Yep. Time flies when you're having fun, boys. Time flies. It is. It is. All right. Let's dive into our bets. Um, I'm not sure. Sorry. I'm just going over everything. Do you guys both have five college bets this week? Yeah. Yep. I got five college, five NFL. Okay. Perfect. Same Z's. Okay. Dan, let's just have you go over your college bets and then Austin, you go yours and then I'll go mine. Okay. Uh, Started off. We're going to ride them until they let us down. And I don't think this week they're going to let us down. I'm taking the Utah Utes going on the road to Baylor. As a seven-point favorite, Baylor famously upset by Texas State last weekend. And if you got – listen, Baylor got – did you guys watch the game? They got beat up by Texas State, thrown around by Texas State, lost in the trenches to Texas State. The last team you want to see now is Utah. So uh, I feel like that one, the uh, Vegas has not reacted appropriately to what we saw last weekend. So give me Utah. I'm going to take UTEP by a half point. So basically UTEP to have the lead at halftime against Northwestern. I just think Northwestern is going to continue to struggle this year. Uh, Taking Oregon as a six and a half point favorite going to Texas Tech. Tech, another school who struggled week one. Going to take Notre Dame over three and a half total touchdowns. They're playing NC State. Notre Dame's looked very good. Earlier this early this year, granted they haven't really got punched in the mouth yet, so we'll see what happens there. And then my final college bet is going to be the Purdue Spoilermakers team over twenty two and a half points going to Virginia Tech. Important. This is a Saturday game, not a Friday game. Everybody remembers the rule: you do not bet against Virginia Tech on Friday nights at home. This is a Saturday game, so not worried about the Sandman. Give me Purdue to score 23 points or more. I'll tell you what. I'm always worried about the Sandman. It's just terrifying. I absolutely love that tradition, though. But you it said Friday night games. That is what I'm absolutely starting off with, with the University of Kansas playing Illinois. And I'm taking KU favored by three. I am rolling with the Jayhawks this year. Heisman favorite on the team. This is an organization, excuse me, I've been talking NFL ball so much lately. This is a school and program that is on the up and up on the football program. Okay, and I love to see it. The renovations for a new stadium came out. People are nicknaming it the Bird Nest. I think that is awesome. They're two hours north to me. That's super cool. The NIL, you know, transfer portal, I think that's going to help the school out a lot. And plus, I believe they're wearing their blackout jerseys for this Friday night game. And if you guys haven't seen those yet, they look amazing i definitely recommend look recommending them up but i'm taking ku favored by three here versus illinois on friday night heading into saturday i'm still gonna be running with the buffalo because i'm taking colorado also favored by three versus nebraska um, i think when you watch colorado last week against tcu i know there's a lot of question marks it's not the same team uh as in tcu who was in a national championship last year but i don't think that truly matters because colorado looks that good and that primed uh, for the spotlight, they look like they're ready to go. And I hope that pun kind of hit because I'm proud of that. I literally just came up with it on the spot. You know, what makes it even better is calling it out immediately after I say it. But I am taking Colorado favored by three against Nebraska. I do think this is going to be a fun matchup. This is an opportunity, though, for Nebraska to also say, like, hey, we're a Big Ten team. All right, we lost a close one in Minnesota last week. We're going to put a stomp in here on the Colorado Buffalo and show you what a Big Ten team is all about. Then you can scurry your way back to the Big 12. But at the same time, I don't really see that as Mr. Sanders does for possibly another 500 yards on this defense. That was not very good last week against Minnesota and left several opportunities on the field for them. Next up, though, I have Kent State plus 38 against Arkansas. And this is a bet that just has Dan Kiefer written all over. I thought as soon as I clicked on it, I was like, Kent State 38 versus Nebraska? Like, yeah, I'm surprised Dan doesn't have this in his bets. I was waiting for you to bring it up as you went through it, and you didn't. But here's my thing. 
Arkansas ain't beating anybody by 38. Like they're they're just they're not going to, it, especially a school like Kent State. And that I feel like that comes off disrespectful to Kent State. Maybe it's a little bit of a praise for him. It's just not going to happen. So that's a big risk there. But I also just kind of love it because I need to hit some of these spreads so my odds aren't so bad like they were last year. My next one though, Oregon minus six and a half, favored by six and a half versus Texas Tech. Oregon scored 81 points last week. That poor duck and the amount of push-ups he had to do. I, there's no way he's doing anything this week because his arms are just stuck directly in front of him. Can't lower him, can't raise him. They're just stuck there. And his chest has probably got one hell of a pump. So congrats to him. But Oregon, six and a half versus Texas Tech. I love this bet. And then my next one and last one here in college is the under. And Dan Kiefer, this one is for you as well. Two-time shout-out for you. Uh, the under of Wisconsin versus Washington State. And for some reason, I did not write down what that under is i believe it was 50 and a half um let me try and verify on the app real quick as i'm talking but looking at washington state and wisconsin i'm not seeing a high score ball game here so 58 58 and a half yeah i think it was 56 and a half when i made my bet here so i'm 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 perfectly fine and content with that and i'm gonna stick with it the under of wisconsin versus washington state all right, I love it. Um, yeah, Colorado, man, that was that was one of the exciting games, man. It was that was crazy. Um, I also had Colorado at minus three, and then I saw you had it, Austin, so I actually changed it. I actually did make the bet in real life, but it's not going to be part of my talking football um, rankings. Mm. Um, I also kind of, got Wisconsin at Washington State at fifty eight and a half. Real quick, sorry, to you. okay, perfect. You're good. Um, minus three, it literally it literally feels like a trap. Like it feels like that game. It, be, it, <laughs> it, no, like it does. It, it does. I think we were talking about it earlier. Like it should, I said, it feels like it should be like legit, like nine and a half, if not more. Right. Well, so Nebraska should have beaten Minnesota last year, last week, mm-hmm. excuse me, but they were incredibly not like, there's a lot of penalties, a lot of, you know, like it looked like a team that got thrown together on the fly. So I would think in a week, you know, they're not all, not all those problems are going to go away. But and uh, at the same time, you know, not to take anything away from Colorado, but nobody knew what that offense was going to be. Totally. You know, yeah, there was no tape anywhere on anything. So, I mean, yeah, who knows? We're going to, I always try to, you know, you don't want to overreact week one, but you can't act like it didn't happen. Exactly. Exactly. It was super cool. It was super cool. Also, Pac 12 did not lose last week. So they are an undefeated conference, which is pretty cool. So sweet. I bet that doesn't go the whole year. I mean, it's gonna end. it's literally going to end this week because two teams play each other. I bet there's not a, a matchup where they beat each other and yeah, it completely derails the conference possibility of success. Whatever. Yeah. I would like to. Uh, yeah, there's no way the Pac-12 is going to. What's the term? Pac-12 each other. You never yeah. heard that? No, I fucking have heard that. I just thought it was cool that they went undefeated in week one. No other conference love, did that or that. has done that. Love that for you. Love that for you. I hope the Pac-12 uh, can do it again next year. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. So uh, since I'm not taking the minus three of Colorado, I did switch it to another bet that I made, and that is going to be UCF. And at Boise, I'm taking the under 61. Uh, I think Boise State's defense is pretty good. They're going to be able to slow down UCF a little bit. And Boise State's offense is kind of slow paced. I think they're going to try to run the ball, keep UCF's offense off the field, and they're going to make this game kind of kind of slow it down and go from there. So minus six. Or sorry, under 61 and one there. Uh, I also took the Utah. I got them at minus seven and a half. So Dan, lucky you, you did get that bet in a little bit earlier than I did. Um, so I got them at minus seven and a half there, taking Utah. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see who plays and who doesn't play. My guess is rising doesn't play again, and it's basically the same uh team as as last week. Maybe some defensive linemen that missed Florida game come in and play. Um and then the reason for that, then they can sit out the following week against Weber, which should be a pretty easy game there. And then you go into UCLA, Pac-12 play, and that's when Rising can come in. Um, I'm taking the over 61 and a half to Lane and Ole Miss. This game is going to be exciting. Ole Miss, Jackson Dart, that team's going to be flying around, getting some points. Tulane's offense looked so good last week. Uh, I think that they're going to continue to do that. Pratt looked awesome. Pratt might be one of the best college quarterbacks in, in the league. Like he is so good. It's crazy. Um, so I'm taking the over 61 and a half there. 
Austin and Dan, all three of us took this. I texted in the group that this bet is now dead because all three of us are taking it. Um, but it is minus six and a half Oregon at Texas Tech. Tech just looks so bad and Oregon looks so good, which does bode well for my Bo Nix Heisman bet. So I do like that. Um, and then the next one, another Pac-12 loss here. I'm taking Oklahoma State at minus three and a half against Arizona State. Arizona State did not look good last week. They beat Southern Utah, uh, but it was an ugly, ugly matchup. I think Oklahoma State runs it up on them. So taking Oklahoma State minus three there. All right, awesome. Uh, flipping over to the NFL side. How good is that to say, huh? Flipping over to the NFL side. Yeah. Flipping over to the NFL side. Damn. I'm going to start off with probably my favorite bet of the week. The San Francisco 49ers are a 0.5 point favorite against Pittsburgh during the first half. You got something, Trees? Now that we're talking about this, Bosa also got paid dramatic. Yeah. Holy cow. Read it up, my man. So good. I mean, this is what you this is what teams can do when you're paying your starting quarterback like $200 a game. Like this is what you <laughs> uh, m- Mr. Irrelevant money. Yes. This is what it's about. <laughs> yeah. So unreal. So yeah, sorry. He's getting four million a year, twenty-four million with the guarantees. Yeah, good for him. You know what I mean? I, I love like I you know, it's great when p- players get paid, but like when non-quarterbacks get the bag, it just, it feels better, you know, because you quarterbacks are always going to get paid. So like when a defensive lineman gets it, you love to see it. Now, maybe we can, uh, no, you don't now when you trickle got Chris down, Jones still hold trickle down. down. Oh, what does this do that's for the Chris I, Jones deal? I was about to bring this up, Austin. So what do you think? Sorry, Dan, I know we're going to pause your bets for a second, but I think this is a good conversation here. So what, what do you think this does? realistically i honestly i i really don't know because there was a charity event in kansas city today and chris jones attended it like he said he would before the season had started and you know of course the media's there and talking to him he's like you know i, I would have done a hold in but i felt like it would have been a major distraction so i'm doing a hold out and i think the other key thing with this is, is like chris jones it doesn't really matter i just at this point i feel like you're getting poor legal advice from your agents and or I, I shouldn't say legal financial advice from your agents, and it's kind of killing you because you're now two million dollars in fines. Which, if we look at the Nick Bosa deal, the 49ers waived those fines when they signed this contract. So now Chris Jones and his agents are gonna be like, Oh, that's a possibility. Sure, okay, whatever. Let's go ahead and get those waived. But I think they're separated by nine to five million dollars, which in terms of NFL money doesn't really seem like that much. So if you're the Chiefs, it's Kind of sitting, you're looking at Chris Jones. Like, do you want to come in and play Week One and contend for another Super Bowl with this, or do you want to continue to play these games that we battle and argue over three million, you know, three to five, nine million? And Chris Jones can look at him and say the same thing. He's like, do you really want to have a hole in the middle of your defensive line without me for this for this long, and hinder our chance at making a true run to the Super Bowl? I don't really know where to stand on it. Chris Jones was a fan favorite, and he's quickly turning into a villain of the you know from the a fan point of view for the organization because he's coming off his money hungry. I think this is one of these deals which I hope is solved tomorrow. I still don't think there's any way he plays tomorrow for the Lions. I don't think that he was listed as out or anything today on the injury report either. Um, it's just kind of an odd situation. I hope they get it figured out soon because that Chiefs defensive line is going to get eight up tomorrow against the Lions if that's the case. Or I should say tonight, you know, tomorrow for us recording today yes. for when it drops. Yes. I'm going to say, uh, and I wonder how much Chris Jones goes into the fact that the line opened with the Chiefs a seven-point favorite, and now it's down to four and a half. Obviously, a little bit of that's going to be Travis Kels, a little bit of it's going to be Chris Jones. But, you know, if, yeah, I, think if I was going to hold Travis out. Travis Kelsey than it is Jones. I would want, you know, my team to really miss me when I'm holding out. And like you said, Austin, if he's not playing tomorrow night, tonight, Thursday night, they're going to notice he's gone. Yeah, yep. if, if he wants to hold out for another like 10 days, though, like I wouldn't be opposed to that, just for the record, just saying. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. do the do the uh chiefs play a playoff team or what's what, they what's happening not pl- they do not play a playoff okay team. oh no, my gosh you guys no worries then yeah. yeah so <laughs> all right all right go ahead and finish those last four <laughs> ha, ha, ha. all right yeah nfl bets all right so we're taking the 49ers as a basically have the lead at halftime against pittsburgh during the first half and then we're gonna ride our Falcons buckle up, folk. folks. We're going to full-year sprint at this. Atlanta scoring over 
21 and a half points against Carolina. Going to take Philly as a four-point favorite at New England because Jalen Hurts is good. And say it with me, folks, Mac Jones is ass. Got Seattle as a five-and-a-half-point favorite against the Rams. And finally, taking the first half over combined points for Arizona and Washington. I don't care how they come. I just want three touchdowns in the first half. Hopefully, Gannon with that, you know, schematic advantage of not naming a quarterback or being able to name anybody on his team besides Buda Baker and James Conner formulates into some early points. Yeah. Though it did get a nasty. Or just make some weird sound effects and be like, did? Did they finally say it's Josh Dobbs? So no, is he only is he only the quarterback for the first series or the entire game? They say it for the game. (laughs) But yes, okay. so we'll I mean, little little gamesmanship, little gamesmanship. Totally. All right, awesome. You are up, my friend. All right, here we go. Starting with the Buffalo Bills and the New York Jets. I'm going to take the over at 46 and a half. I know these teams have some decent defenses and it is week one, but I hope both teams just come out firing and just absolutely lighting it up with all the playmakers I have on both sides of the ball here. So again, the over at 46 and a half bills versus Jets. And then moving to the Chargers and Dolphins, uh, another matchup here with two powerful offenses and some decent defenses. I'm actually going to take the under at 50 and a half. The reasoning being with Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator for the Chargers. First year there, maybe there's going to be a little wrinkle into the offense and how things get going. Two with the Dolphins, let's see, you know, how comfortable he is back and ready to go. But I also think these defenses are just strong enough to where they're going to have a couple stops and slow things down. So I'm taking the under 50 and a half here, but then Raiders versus Broncos, the Broncos are favored by three and a half, which has me taking the, the Raiders at plus three and a half. I think the Raiders actually come out of this game with a win. I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to the uh, turmoil or rumors or the coaching style that Sean Payton has adapted for Russell Wilson. But it's either going to work out one of two ways, really, really well or really, really bad. And I don't think there's any in between because the way he's coaching and handling Russell Wilson, I don't think he's been handled or coached that way before from a head coach where he's just pretty much telling him to quit being, you know, a people pleaser and a little baby and just kind of man up and take this team by charge and go be the guy. So we'll see how that takes off. But I do think Jimmy Garoppolo in his debut with the Raiders, they come out victorious. And then I'm moving to the Bucks versus Vikings. I am taking the Bucks plus six here against them because they come out, they make some noise. This offense is going to be more explosive than they're probably getting credit for. Baker Mayfield, the chip is back on his shoulder. So I'm taking the Bucks here plus six. I don't necessarily think they win, but I don't think they lose by six is pretty much what I'm saying here. And then the Jags are under F five and a half as well. I think this is just one of these games where it ends up being like 24 to 17 and they're they're kind of sitting there but they're not reaching that 45 number. I was trying to do score predictions in my head all day trying to figure out like do I want to take the over on this game? Do I want to stick with the under? So I'm going to put it right here uh and go ahead and take the under for Jaguars mainly due to Anthony Richardson. I think he comes as hot um and ready to rock and roll as we would hope. Did you see his quote today? They asked him uh, if he was nervous. Anthony uh, yeah, Anthony Richardson. They came out and asked him uh, here to, at the press meeting today. They asked if uh, how he was going to deal with the pressure suiting up for his first game this Sunday. And he replied, pressure is for the unprepared. I thought, Ooh, I that's noted. that's uh, <laughs> that's saucy. That's saucy. Noted. Hey, what's the like, what record here between the Colts and Jazz? Colts have beat the Jags at home, is it, or that against the Titans? No, so the Jags have beat the Colts at home like nine or ten times in a row, um, but the Colts have also beat the Jags at home nine out of the last ten years. So both teams just okay. basically dominate at home in this. Um, <laughs> but I will tell you, the Jags are smoking so the Colts. Would you, would you recommend starting Ooh. Trevor Lawrence this weekend? I would. I would okay. recommend that. I have a, I have a lot. Do you guys ever? So like, we all play fantasy football. Um, do you ever get like a bunch of exposure of one player, and then think to yourself, "Oh my god, this guy is now marked for death." Yes. Okay. Yes. Because all I did time. that this year. I did that this year with Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, and I am, I am horrified for both of us trees. Yeah, I don't, I don't love that, honestly. But all right, okay. 
my turn. Um, actually, I got to say this, Austin. Austin, your bets make me so nervous. <laughs> I got to just say it. Um, Why? Because there's like four out of five of them that I was going to take the exact opposite. Like I was legit going to put it on my card and I was the opposite side. So it's well now Austin now Austin's nervous as shit. Yeah. So sorry. Nope. Now I'm even more comfortable. This has me just set up for perfection. Good. I love it. Okay. Good. Get those dubs. I'm gonna Um, lose so bad. I'm also saying I didn't make the bet, so maybe that's a good thing. Um, but all right, moving Mm. on. My favorite bet of the weekend: Seahawks minus five and a half against the Rams. Love it. Made the bet this morning. Actually, I would not be surprised if that line is not that line anymore because the Cooper Cup news came out a couple hours ago. Luckily, I made this bet during lunchtime and uh, it's locked in. So I do love this bet. Next one. I'm taking the Commanders over 22 and a half points total against the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals are going to be really bad. I think the Commanders are going to be able to put up some points. 23, 24 points feels very doable with this new style offense of the commanders. Uh, I'm also taking minus four with the Eagles against the Patriots. Dan also took that one. Uh, Really, really like that bet. I can't get out of here without making a Jags bet in week one. Jaguars over two and a half touchdowns. This team's going to score at least 28 points. Uh, They'll get get four touchdowns here. Uh, Next one. I'm also going to be betting on the Viking Bucks game, Mike Austin, but I'm just going to take the under 45 and a half. I think both of these defenses are able to slow down the offenses a bit and be a, you know, maybe like a seven, nothing at the end of the first quarter, maybe like a 17, seven, something like that at the end of half, you know, really start to slow it down a little bit. So uh, taking the under 45 and a half there. So those are my five bets there. Let's move on into our three-game parlays. Dan, I'll take it back over to you. All right, so for my three-game, I am going to take UTEP to have the lead at halftime versus Northwestern, San Francisco to have the halftime lead against Pittsburgh. Those are both .5, half-point favorites at halftime. And then my last one is going to be Notre Dame over three-and-a-half total touchdowns against the Wolfpack. Love it. Okay, Austin, what do you got? Yes, for my little parlay here that I did, I have KU favored by three versus Illinois, Colorado favored by three versus Nebraska, and then the Raiders at plus three and a half versus the Broncos. Perfect. All right. Uh, I got Oregon at minus six and a half. I got Oklahoma State at minus three and a half. And then I'm taking the Seattle Seahawks at minus five and a half. All right. Time to make this parlay, boys. Week one, so, week one, very close. Literally one play away. Week two, mm-hmm. we're not close at all. We got our ass kicked. <laughs> um, so it, it died Thursday night. It, it died di- Thursday. It literally night. Could have been further Thursday from night. the truth. Yeah, literally died <laughs> so fast. Um, all right, okay. All like always, one of us we get to choose one of our favorite bets, um, and then we'll combine two there. And we try not to use ones that we used in our three leg parlays, but. If we get if we need to, we do. So, uh, do you guys have anything that you guys are really really liking? I like a Baylor negative seven touchdown favorite. So you like Utah? What did I say? You said Baylor you negative said Baylor. seven. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Utah. Utah's a touchdown favorite. Yeah, yeah. I was just like the way you worded that. I was like, so you like Utah? Yeah, threw no? me for a loop as well. Yeah. All right. Just keep you guys on edge. That's all. For sure. For I sure. appreciate it. Austin. Um, I'm stuck between two. So I'll let you guys pick out of it. Oregon favored by six and a half versus tech or the under a 58 and a half for Wisconsin versus Washington state. So, so we, we all have the Oregon game. Yeah. So do we just take so that? Wisconsin? It is. Let's not kill it right there. Okay. All right. So Wisconsin. Sorry. I'm looking for your sheet. Wisconsin. Okay. Got that one. Um, I'm going to take – I really like two of them, and I'm trying to decide. I'm going to throw an NFL in there. I'm going to take – Dan, we both have Eagles minus four, but I'm I'm taking – we're going to do the Jags over two-and-a-half touchdowns. Okay, I'm here for that. Trevor Lawrence over two-and-a-half touchdowns. Yes. 
Okay, we got two more to go. Um, does anybody have anyone on their slate that they really like that they did not use? And again, I know that we all have Oregon. I put them in my three leg, but I'm more than happy to put them in this one as well. We do all have. Did it. we hit the bet that we all three had last week as well? Uh, uh Treese and I both had Penn State, not hit. Yep. Um, I think that's the. Did we that might have been bet? the only bet in the parlay that hit. Yeah. Yeah, it was actually. Yeah, I oh, because remember the other one, the other one was Clemson, and I said I almost put that on my card, but I didn't, and that obviously oh, did yep. not hit. <laughs> um, yeah. Stupid bet. Duke so, was good, and you guys know that silly gooses did, did not know that. Um, so okay, um, I really like my UCF Boise under sixty one. Okay, take it. Okay, is that five or is that four? That's four. I'd, uh, I I kind of think it'd be fun to take Austin's Kent State plus 38. I also don't have a problem with that. Okay, let's do it. You said Kent State. I thought you said Penn. I was like, I didn't put Penn State down. We're talking about Kent State. I'm with you. Okay, so we only have one NFL game. Do we want to just make this a full college parlay, or do we want to have the one thing on Sunday? And I think that's I mean, kind of the spiciness of it is because we have no, no idea with the NFL right now. Yeah. Like even yeah. looking at all these bets for the NFL, I was like, I, I for some like I'm more excited heading into this football season, but I also have the most question marks about these teams because it's like I don't feel like it's you know, like looking at the AFC, they're all loaded and looking at the NFC, it feels like okay, it's either the Eagles or the Niners. Outside of that, it's whatever. But then you're okay. thinking like, okay, well, there's a lot of hope for the Vikings that's there. What do the Lions end up doing? You know, do the Seahawks with Geno Smith another year? How's that gonna be? Like I just feel like there's there's set things you're excited about, but there's also just so many question marks in the NFL that it's like, I don't feel comfortable enough putting money on this because I truly don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It was and week one, week one in the NFL is truly a shit show because so many teams don't play their starters. They don't play, I think, what is it, 13 quarterbacks this year didn't play at all in the preseason. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, so are they going to be sharp out of the gate? Yes, they're professionals, but still, you can't replicate game reps. So I think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of questions in the NFL slate early on. Agreed. Um, I also until yesterday I also had Kansas City over thirty and a half points until obviously the Travis news. Um, yep. But um, do you do you not believe in Noah Gray? I do, but like don't no good answer. Don't don't you don't need do. to explain I, anymore. Just yeah. I do simple... have a question for you though in regards to the Chiefs. How how do you guys are fans of other teams, of course, but how do you view the Chiefs in this offense if Travis Kelsey isn't there? I think like, it's a lot of unknown. The waters are like, no, it, it's so much unknown because you know we we've I think for so long it's been the Chiefs don't have a running back or you know, they do the committee thing and the wide receivers post Tyreek Hill it was well you have Travis Kelsey as your you know your old reliable so if they can just make a player two the Chiefs are going to be fine. Well, if you take Travis out. And then the pressures put on those wide receivers. I mean, pressure makes diamonds. Does Sky Moore ball out? Does he have to? Does Rasheed Rice or Justin Ross step up, or do they just play it close to the vest and it's a bunch of dump offs to Jarek McKinnon? Like, I think there's so much unknown because we've just never seen it. Was it Travis Kelsey never missed a game? Mm-hmm. So it's it's just a lot of unknown. Yeah. So here's my take. Um, it's not so much like long-term. I mean, just for this week. Um, I think the Chiefs win pretty handily either way. I just do. I like the Lions this week or this year. I think they're a good team. But like we were just talking about, there's thir- what you said, 13 quarterbacks that only 13 it's played uh, starting or only. Th- I think thir- either 11 or 13 did not play in the preseason. Play. And Jared Goff is one of those. And I thought it was very strange that a team that did not make the playoffs didn't want to take advantage of getting some in-game reps. Um, and mm-hmm. now you're going to go into Arrowhead on a Thursday night primetime game like that should have been put into account and they should have gotten reps together. I think that I can easily see this Lions team getting into the red zone four times tomorrow and having to kick three field goals. Like I could see that and just not not be able to put up points. And then there goes Patrick Mahomes being able to put up 30 points and you lose the game. So yeah. um, that's my big thing. Um, obviously, yeah, 
I would be scared if I was the Chiefs just like without Kells, right? Like that's crazy. Like mm-hmm. we don't know what this team looks like without him and Tyreek Hill. Like, and obviously Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, best quarterback on the face of this planet, right? Like he is unbelievable, but like it's gonna be wild to see what they do. And they'll bit get creative and they'll they'll get big plays and stuff like that. But it'll be honestly, it'll be kind of fun to watch to see how the how they play without him. Like if he, if he doesn't play. Yeah. So um, that's kind of my take on it is like, I think the chiefs because it's prime time and I think the lions really did a disservice to their, to their players by not starting them or not playing them in the preseason. How do you feel about it? Austin? Totally. Okay. Um, I just, I'm wondering who's going to step up for the chiefs. Cause I mean, like Darius Tony, he pretty much had it all training camp and everything with the knee injury so you're coming in and expecting a big workload for him i'm excited to see what noah gray can do because when he was drafted and came in that first camp everyone was like wow this kind of reminds us of like baby kelsey like this could be kind of exciting and so this is maybe his true opportunity to show what he can do getting the same routes and looks that kelsey always gets can he get that same separation can he sit in the empty spots you're looking at guys like rasheed rice who struggled with drops you know the rookie that they took out of msu in the second round Struggle with drops in the preseason games. How is this in the big moments with Mahomes? Does he come down with those? Sky Moore, second year in the offense. Hopefully there can, you know, hopefully there's something there. But and then, you know, a fan favorite in Justin Ross, a guy that I've been all about as well. Hopefully he can make some plays. But I think the true thing is going to be Richie James. It's just a guy who's ready to ball. You know what I mean? He's healthy. He's got experience in the league. He knows the offense right now. He looks comfortable in it. He's shifty. He's fast. He just he looks, he feels like a more reliable. McCall Hardman because McCall Hardman just had such an issue with running his route and then the ball would get in the air and he would just stop running and you would literally hear Patrick Mahomes on the Mike Depp shows afterwards be like keep running why did you stop and with Richie James you know and again they were the same number so maybe that's part of it as well but he just doesn't seem like he makes those type of errors and finishes his routes and he comes down with the ball and I'm excited for it I think the big question mark for the for me though is going to be this defense because you don't have Charles Minnehue He's suspended for, I believe, the first six games, maybe four to six games. So he's not going to be there on the interior. Chris Jones isn't going to be there. You got a rookie edge rusher, uh, the kid out of Kansas State. You have George Loftus, you know, second-year player. But inside-wise, you don't really have anybody else that's truly a threat outside of Tershawn Wharton. But that's because Chris Jones is right next to him, and he's eating up the double teams, and Tershawn got one-on-one opportunities. So there's – I'm excited about it and I'm looking forward to it, but I also just look at this Lions team and I compare them greatly to the Chiefs team in 2016, you know, the year before the Chiefs drafted Patrick Mahomes. And I just see the similarities and connect the dots and I could see the Lions coming into Arrowhead and beating the Chiefs. I could very much see that happening. Yeah, so you brought this up and we were were texting about this. this, um, And I said, save it for the pod because I wanted to talk about this specifically, what you just said. So one... I love how you have changed over the years from year one. You literally bet not only would the Chiefs win every single game, you had them covering every single game. Like literally you went mm-hmm. to now like you're like, yeah, they, they could lose home opener, season opener, prime time against the yeah. Lions who haven't been to a playoffs. Like it's crazy to watch. Um, so congrats on growing up. Um Next, thank you. <laughs> Next, Such backhanded compliment. Congrats on growing up. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I actually think you've gone too far now. Like, cause, like, like it's uh, o- it's okay to like, be like, yeah, dude, I still think that we beat the Lions on prime time Thursday night season open. Yeah, like, so, but okay, but moving on back over to your thing, right? You see similarities here. I just don't. I don't see it. And no. I know you text me. You're like, how do you not? Right? Like, you're like, you're like, Goff, Alex Smith. I'm like, yeah, they're both quarterbacks. Great. Gibbs, no, but like, great. they're both here's the, the thing is, is like, on a previous team, you're now with a franchise that's heading in the right direction, but you know, you're not the long term future answer there. Like, I could see the Lions next year in this draft trading up to get a quarterback. And he ends up being the franchise guy. To me, right there, it's like, boom, Jared Goff is Alex Smith. Similar situations. I'm not saying exact same guy, just similar was, situations. See, I took these as like Jameer, like the Jameer play Gibbs, style, the same rookie running back, huh? See, when I saw this, Austin, I was thinking you were like comparing these players like on the fields. So when I was like Goff, Alex Smith, no way. Gibbs, Kareem Hunt, no way. 
St. Brown Hill could not be more different. It's like, I just did not see where you're going with yeah, that. Yeah, no, it's not their similarities in the player, the play styles. It's just the, the player situation of like okay. St. Brown, good receiver isn't quite getting the the probably the recognition that he deserves. That was Tyreek Hill at the time. Jameer Gibbs, rookie running back for the Lions. Kareem Hunt, rookie running back for the Kansas City Chiefs. A defense that's questionable, good, but at the same time, there's some studs there. An offensive line that's reliable, maybe not fantastic or great. Like those are the similarities between these teams that I see. And you're coming into this year with some hope and, you know, some higher standards from your organization, but you're also not expected to beat the team that just won the Super Bowl the year before. Got it. That's the similarities that I saw. Got it. I still don't agree, but like I get what you're trying to say. Like I'm not trying to be a dick. I just don't. I I, I just don't agree with it. But um, like just let me let me bet on the Chiefs, dude. Like, will you get off my back for two minutes so I can bet on the Chiefs? No, go for it. But I I have a rule now, and I was dead set with it last year too. Like I'm not betting on the Chiefs. Yeah, I think it's a dumb rule. Like that is the dumbest. Worked out thing. well. As it because you, you still haven't beat me. One Super Bowls, baby. One in the last game of the year. People yeah. forget that people forget yep. the Chiefs sent Austin a ring because he refused to bet on them. Okay, people forget. Yeah, yeah. I didn't forget. <laughs> I didn't forget. People don't forget. <laughs> um, all right, okay. Um, That's like cake, by the way. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Cheesecake. Um, oh, cheesecake, cheesecake. slaps. <laughs> so good. It's what so kind? Good. What kind? What do what, what uh, we, we got? What do we got over there? It's just plain cheesecake. No fruit. No fruit. Okay. Nope. All right. Nope. All right. Yeah. So when was the last time good. you guys? When was the last time you guys had a fruit cake? Never. Dude, they're um, so good. A long time ago, but you mean they like are like good. like the Christmas dense ass fruit cake? Is that what you're talking about? I don't know. Or like no. Or like any cake with fruit in it. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's like a fruit pizza or something. I don't know. They have like a, a cookie on the bottom, but then they have like all that's the fruit, fruit on pizza, top. dude. That's fruit, fruit pizza. pizza. That's not. Yeah. That's not. That's not a fruit cake. Yeah, fruit. No, I know. I messed it up. Fruit cake is nasty. Fruit pizza was delicious. Fruit pizza Sorry. slaps. Yeah, that's good shit. Yeah, that's what I was meaning. That's what I was thinking, but I said fruit cake. Love it. Love it. Um. I don't know what else we got. Well, guys. Anywho. I'm, exci- I'm excited. <laughs> I like, I'm so excited so, for games. football. Um, I'm so excited for football. I'm so excited for games. I'm so excited for fantasy matchups. Like it's just like it is perfect. Like there's everything that I love. Do you, are you guys to the point where you're getting anxiety about setting your lineup yet? So a little yeah. bit because so I'm I've for the last I don't know like six seven years I've been pretty strict of like only like one or two fantasy leagues. I'm up to like five mm. this year. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, join the club. I mean, I'm so going, I'm going back down to three next year. Like three is my yeah, magic number. I'm in so. too many. I, I was telling Trees about this earlier, but uh so I'm in a league that has their own little podcast and they had three members of the league on there and they were recapping the draft. There's a two hour show recapping the draft, and all three of them picked my team to win the regular season and the championship. And as soon as I heard that, my heart sank. Because I was like, "Oh dear God!" And the water. I can't. I can't lose a game this season. Like I, yeah. I would much rather be like the Chiefs last year, where nobody believed in me, and I could come out and come from nowhere and win it all. Yeah, out of boy. Yeah. We all can't have that though. Nobody believed um, in me. What? Oh, also, I've been meaning to say this for like two weeks. I desperately want like this is what sucks about doing the our prediction so early. Because like things change right at the end of like preseason, all that stuff. I desperately want to get out of the Browns business. Um, I had them go to the playoffs. I do not want them in the playoffs anymore. Why would you? Why, why would you do that to yourself? Yeah, uh, I I don't know which part you're talking about, but I know I don't know why I did. Um, because what's what's like changed shit. your mind? Watson what's, what's changed looks your... so bad. The reports are he is playing awful in practice. All he does is wants to scramble around. He's not making the easy throws. Um, I just, I just want out of it. So, anyways, that's it. Do you that's think that they'll? Do you think they're not going to give Nick Chubb like four hundred carries? They are. 
They are for sure. But they let's not also forget they paid this dude a lot of money. Like, mm-hmm. And we all laughed at them. We all laughed at them when they did it. Thousand percent. Thousand percent. So, so, um, all right. Okay. Uh, what else? Is there any other like injuries or anything that we need to talk about? Cooper cups out. We talked about that at the start. Uh, obviously Bose is there. We've talked about Chris Jones plenty. I think those are like the main, the main big ones. Right uh, Von Achain is practicing again. So got a little yeah. health in Miami. Shout yeah. out Miami. Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy looks like he's going to play. Yeah, so Jerry Judy Judy and JSN are both supposed to play this weekend. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, I drafted JSN late, hoping to slide him on my IR for a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. Austin, that that was what night was that? Monday night when we were helping you with that team? Look at that. Mm -hmm. You got JSN now. Look at us. I'm super late. Don't start him week one. Or, I don't like starting rookies week one. I want to know how yeah, they're going to yeah. be used. Yeah, for sure. especially wide receivers. Um, Burrow. Burrow's practicing, said he's good to go today. We never really thought he was going to miss, but it was nice for him to yeah. come out and say that. You know, like um, that, was, that was still good. It's just, uh, it's always good to mention that currently Tua is healthy. Uh, that's a week by week thing. So we're just going to point out right now he's healthy. He is healthy at the moment. Love to see it. Uh, t- he, he, uh, he knows how to fall. Terry McLaurin. Yeah, Terry's practicing again. Yep. So that's everyone's good. healthy. If if you're not Cooper Cup or Travis Kelce, you're healthy. Uh, I mean Watson missed practice. Uh, Christian Watson missed practice today, so that that's a yeah. So did so did so did Dubs. Romeo Dobbs. Yep. Dubs. Dobbs. Yeah. Yeah. He did. Doobie. Yeah, so, my Doobie boy. So that's a little. I think that's int- I think that's something to keep an eye on. Um. Other Here's than a, that, yeah. I think. Go ahead, Austin. Another thing, I forgot about our sleeper league, so I am in six. Oh. Yikes. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. I forgot about college football. I'm actually in another one. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, but that's different. So that I funny. am in one, two, three, four, five, six, six NFL leagues and two college football leagues. Yeah. And it's the worst. It's just too much. It's just too it much. is. Because I it forget, is. like, I'm, I'm constantly going to be cheering for so many different players and games, and it's just like... You just There's nothing worse. Favorite. You two, when you have that many, you choose your two favorite, yep. and that's all that matters. If the other ones, as long as you're setting your lineups and not being a piece of shit and not setting your lineup, that's right. Like you're good. There's nothing worse though than being like, "Ooh, I have you know Christian McCaffrey in this league, and then I'm playing against Christian McCaffrey in another league." So it's like, "Ooh, I want you to get 100 yards, but don't score any touchdowns." Yeah. And it's like. <laughs> You don't, yeah, no, don't, just pick, pick like you're gonna, and you're you're gonna find your favorites as you're playing, totally, and then you don't, you don't worry about it. Yep, exactly. So, all right, boys, okay, everybody, we appreciate you. Good luck this weekend with your teams, college, NFL, fantasy, your bets, all of it. We appreciate y'all and tonight. We've been talking football. <laughs>